Welcome to Love and Other Investments, where we talk about finances, but more importantly, how finances impact relationships. My name is John, and I'm a financial planner. And my name is Jeff, and I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist. Hi, I'm John. And I'm Jeff. Welcome to Love and Other Investments. And today, Jeff and I are going to talk about a topic that uh, gets into how you were raised. We've said this before, but the way that you were raised is obviously a little bit different than the way your spouse was raised. But how does that impact the way that we raise our kids? You know, my mom and dad raised me a certain way, and they put me through a certain school and dressed me a certain way and fed me certain stuff and vacationed a certain way. And I have feelings about that. How about you, Jeff? No, I don't have any feelings about that. I'm very curious about your feelings about that. (laughs) Well, you know, I think, you know, we all grew up a certain way. And we look back on our childhood, and I'm sure there's parts of it that everybody looks back on, um, you know, fondly. And I'm sure there's parts of it we all look back on, and we wish it didn't go that, it hadn't gone that way. And, you know, we get married, and we start having kids, and we start thinking about what we want our kids to experience. Um, But I think there's a certain mystery that I don't necessarily know how my spouse was raised. We've maybe talked about it, maybe we haven't. Did they go to a private school or did they go to a public school? What kind of vacations did they experience? What does that word even mean to them? Sure. But I want to take a step back and maybe, maybe go one rung deeper on this thing. Okay. So I think you're implying, I know you're implying that one of the things that occurs growing up is that our, our parents do things to parent us. We're talking about, you know, how they spend money in this episode, Mm -hmm. but it could be anything, right? It doesn't have to be just the spending of money and they do it in such a way where there are certain implied truths. They're not spoken about. In other words, um, you know, you, you get up in the morning and you get ready for school, let's say. You're seven years old. There are implied um, rules of thumb about spending just related to what clothes you put on, what bed you're climbing out of, what shoes you have, what meal you have for breakfast. None of that the child is aware of having made much choice in. Yeah, whether there were two parents at home in the morning when you got up or there were none. Sure. And each one of those things is an implicit message. We are communicating to our children as parents something about mm-hmm. our dollars and about all kinds of other things too sure um based on everyday decisions that we make so i think one of the things we want to highlight today is the idea that these implicit decisions that are made in our growing up have an impact on what we decide when we get to the age where we want to be parents. Yeah, you know, one of the things that we look at, and, and this is a little bit of a, a jump off of the cliff here, but when we, when we talk about investing, um, one of the things we look at a lot is benchmarking. We want to know um, if the market was down that year and I went 
down on my account. My account went down. That kind of is expected. If the market goes down a bunch and I went down a little, I still went down, but I'm actually winning. And I know that I'm winning because I didn't go down as much as something else. Mm -hmm. So if I have something to compare to, right? Because the market's not normal. Sure. Lots of things in life aren't normal. So I want, I want to know what is the benchmark? What is the thing that I'm comparing to? And, and I think what we're saying is, is that each of us has grown up in a certain way that is not implicitly spoken out to us with right. language. Right. But in doing so and being raised that way, it creates a benchmark. Yeah. It creates a normal. And even though we may love parts of the normal, um, even though we may despise parts of the normal, it's still our normal. That's what seems normal to us. Correct. And it's not going to be the same benchmark that our spouse had. And I would say that uh, even more finely, which is you've maybe heard the idea before that no two siblings or no siblings grew up with the same parents. Yeah. Because even as development progresses in the same family, the attitudes or decision-making that parents use in raising their kids changes slightly. And so you get a different experience if you're the youngest compared to the middle kid or Mm -hmm. the oldest kid. So even, so the separation, the distance between experiences is even larger when you're not in the same family. You're married to someone who's, you know, obviously not in your same family. And, and it's funny because as, I, as you're saying this, I'm thinking about discussions that I've seen siblings have around, you know, dinner tables mm-hmm. where they talk about the difference between, well, yeah, well, when you were raised, you got unlimited refills and, and we right. one drink. <laughs> When you were raised, right, you know, right. Christmas was a whole different ball game than, mm-hmm. you know, you guys got to go travel all the time and we never got to go anywhere. Yeah. Or I got hand-me-downs and you got, and I, <clears throat> excuse me, I think about that and I think that is normal in a nuclear family with siblings because mm-hmm. they can actually talk about the differences. There's yeah. enough similarity. Right. There's enough commonality in those shared stories that even though they haven't really talked about them, they immediately know how to point out the differences. Right. They, they want to make a complaint. But absolutely. Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> but when you think about it, when you're dating the person that you're going to marry, and when you're married to that person, you don't sit around and have that same conversation of, oh, yeah, well, when you were raised, you got this. Right. And I got that. Because you don't know. Because you don't know. And so it creates up the possibility for some assumptions. And I use that word with a pause because it is a dangerous, dangerous word. Do you ever see this in your practice that somebody assumed that something was going to go a certain way and, you know, feels absolutely railroaded by the other person? No, I've never never seen that. (laughs) No, I mean, I think this, this is why I was saying that there's some implicit stuff going on between parents and kids during the parenting process, because those implicit things end up being the assumptions. Mm hmm. Right, they they are the thing that um, that we bring to a relationship with our partner, where we believe our, you know, our implicit experience is the normal one, and assume not realizing that our partner has a completely different implicit experience that is their believing is normal, and that the two normals don't match. Mm-hmm. So you know, you begin to see the friction in those points and they, you know, they could be big or small. They could be like, you know, um, it could be something, you know, like we, we don't, 
we don't buy the best shoes for mm-hmm. our kids mm-hmm. we because they're going to run through them really fast i remember i used when i was a kid i used to skateboard down the hill that we lived on and my mom would buy me these shoes and like a week later i had destroyed run a hole <laughs> through the <laughs> through the heel you know mm-hmm. So, you know, we, we're not going to buy the most expensive shoes. We're going to buy the cheap ones because mm-hmm. he's just going to ruin them anyway, right? Right. You know, I was thinking about um, one of the things that my wife and I had to work through was uh, she was part of, she went through a public school system and I went through a private school system. Mm-hmm. And she even thought in her mind, she's like, well, private school is, is um, privileged. Elitist? Elitist. Um, and not ugly, but just, you know, oh, that's, that's snooty stuff. That's bougie. Mm -hmm. And it's hilarious because the private school I went to was not that way. Uh It was very shoestring. Um, a lot of the parents were barely able to make the payments to to go to the school. Um, and it was a good school, but it wasn't, you know, there was no Ivy on anything. If there was, it's because they didn't have a groundskeeper to cut it down. Uh Um, so when we started talking about where kids were going to go to school, she was like, well, they're absolutely, they're going to go to a, a public school because I'm a big you know, believer in the public. And, I'm, and, you know, she was kind of pushing back against this bougie experience. Yeah. Right? And, and what was funny was, is I wasn't in support of a, you know, Ivy League experience for our kids. I, I knew nothing about that. So even the words of public versus private, we had a huge disconnect because she had in her mind what that meant and that I wasn't hadn't, your experience that at wasn't all. My experience at all. And so, you know, she's thinking my kids are going to hop on the school bus like I did when I was a kid. And, you know, the wheels on the bus go around and round. Mm-hmm. It's going to be great. And, you know, I remember carpooling with, you know, other families. And sometimes it was good and sometimes it wasn't. Sure. And, uh, you know, just again, just totally massive different experiences and um, expectations on, on, what we would do. Yeah. And that's a pretty big decision. I mean, where your kids go to school, that's a pretty big decision. So I would imagine that would be one that would be more likely to cause friction between you and her. Mm-hmm. But it could be, it could be other things and, and maybe even smaller things like, um, you know, do we want our kids totally involved in sports? Do we want them involved in, um, in, you know, involved in our, our, our church setup? Do they want them involved in community stuff? Do they... Music. music. And yeah. when, when our kids were growing up, that was a real expense because they were in orchestra. Mm-hmm. And so you needed to buy an instrument. Yep. And you can spend a lot of money on instruments. Mm-hmm. And if you grew up thinking, well, this is what we'll do, and you have a spouse who has no experience in that yeah. and doesn't value it the same way you do, and you just kind of think, well, of course, this is what we'll do. You can see how that can create some friction. If you know, if you go back to the episode that we did, you know, can you afford kids? What was our what was our takeaway? No, you can't. You can't. <laughs> Nobody can. Nobody can. <laughs> Don't feel bad because there's no amount of money that says, okay, we've done it all. Um, and so you've got to always pick and choose. And so when you're starting to pick and choose between activities, um, I would throw vacations out there. You yeah. Know, how did you vacation as a kid? Um, you start trying to figure out how to share the experiences that you want to share with your kids. And, you know, maybe your spouse is always saying, well, this is what we're going to do. And this is what we're going to do. And you're like, I'm not getting to raise my kids the way I wanted to. Yeah. And that's got to be very frustrating. So asking you, the therapist in 
your expertise and how to communicate, what would you say are some of the core ideas that people should be thinking about as their kids are moving into these next phases um, to not fall into these assumption traps? Well, you know, at the risk of um, being repetitive, I would really go back to our one of our very main points Mm -hmm. of all of our work, which Mm -hmm. is if you and your wife or you and your husband or you and your partner are not on the same page with respect to money, if you don't have a set of common values that you feel are the guiding principles for what you do to um, make your financial decisions, how, how to guide your financial decisions, then now is the time because, you know, there are, and as you've just pointed out, there are endless ways in which you can spend money on your kids. You know, from buying the designer clothes they want to going on certain vacations, buying instruments and bicycles and cars and whatever else, you know, mm-hmm. um, if you don't have some way to say in your, in your head that you're working as a team to come to decisions then you're lost. You're, you're stuck in the um, belief that your normal, the implicit things you learned growing up, are the right way to do something. Or the only way, because you haven't pondered another system. Sure. It's not like you came out of your childhood saying everything, you know, I grew up in Mayberry, or I grew up in this wonderful, idyllic situation, and I want to blueprint stamp all of that onto my kids. It's just what you know. Yeah. It's the way you know You're how to do it. You're familiar with it. You're familiar. So another one of these is um, I was born in Southern California and grew up um, around my grandparents for about the first four or five years, and then we traveled down there quite a bit after that. But my grandparents lived two and a half miles away from Disneyland, three miles away from Knott's Berry Farm, and five miles away from Angel Stadium. So whenever we would come into town, there was typically an aunt or an uncle or, or you know, my mom would take us to... Disneyland or to Knott's Berry Farm. And I grew up doing that. Yeah. Um, it was a lot cheaper back then, by the way. Yeah. Um, it was a lot cheaper. But anyway, the point being is, is I grew up wanting my kids to have Disney experiences because I have so many family memories of being at, at Disneyland or, or similar. My wife had never been to Disneyland. We went um, to Disneyland. Um, it was our first vacation together after our honeymoon. And I had to, I don't want to say I had to drag her kicking and screaming to Disney. Um, but she was like, we're adults. Why are we doing this? This is dumb. This is for kids. This is for kids. Now, luckily, oh. she had an absolute great experience. Oh, that's time. good. And so we were able to put together, you know, a piece of my childhood that we were going to imprint or, or share with our kids. And then <clears throat> we've done lots of things that, that come out of her background. But we ended up making a blend Mm-hmm. Um, out of things that each of us thought was was important or valuable. That's good. So, you know, the thing is, is I think that's really important is you need to be having conversations. You, you talked a lot about, you know, what you thought was important there. I want to add the other word that we have used so many times, and that's curiosity. Mm. And that is anytime you're starting to go, you know, it'd be really fun to do with the kids you know, what I really want to do this next summer or what I really think we need to be thinking about ahead of time for college or whatever. I think you need to, in that moment, as you're starting to plan what makes sense to you, is you need to stop and have a moment of curiosity and say, 
how do you think this should go? What is your normal? What, what is do you, your what normal? Do you, what was yeah. your experience? What did your this? family do? It, did you like what your family did? Yes. Yeah, Would you want to me. do that again? Exactly. Yeah. Don't assume that the way you did it is a the only way to do it. That it's the better way to do it, <clears throat> or um, that the way your spouse did it somehow challenges mm-hmm. your position. You know, it reminds me too that sometimes what you did as a kid is the opposite of what you would want to do now, but it's still the defining feature, mm-hmm. right? So if you if your family did something a particular way, going back to the school example, you know, mm-hmm. you go to private school and you absolutely hated private school, you never want your kids to go to private school because it was so horrible, you never want them to go through that, then that experience is defining mm-hmm. your decision to send them to public school. And I think all of that implicitly needs to be thought through. What is right for your child? Mm-hmm. What is right for your budget? What makes sense for your relationship with your partner? Instead of thinking, oh, I'm just going to, you know, I had such bad experience, it's gonna, that's what's going to decide this. Mm-hmm. It has to be a collaboration between uh, partners. And this is a little bit nuanced and granular, but I think it's still really important. And that is when your spouse uses words, don't assume that you know what those words actually mean. So for instance, you know, I would say to my wife, I went to a small Christian school. I went to a private school. Mm -hmm. And that drummed up a certain image to her, which quite frankly was not at all what my experience was. Right, You know, and and if I were to say, well, I went to Disneyland a lot as a kid, people go, oh, you must have grown up around money and... You know, that sounds expensive, not the way we did it. Yeah. It wasn't. And so when you hear the word, you know, be curious to go further. Tell us what that was like. You know, did you enjoy that? What did you get out of that? Why was that meaningful? Um, You know, would you want our kids to experience that? Or, you know, what didn't you like about it? I I think it's all of these things of getting back to the one of the core questions I love to ask when people are thinking through stuff like this is what outcome do you really want? What do you want to experience? What do you want your kids to experience? I think that's helpful because it, it allows us to set aside what our past was mm-hmm. and say, okay, well, given, you know, given my past, you know, I, I have X thoughts and feelings, but can I set them aside for a moment and say, this is really what I want? Yeah. It's, you know, if I'm doing that as a part of a team mm-hmm. and we have, we already have values in mind right. that are going to be guiding this kind of decision, then it, it helps to counteract that kind of set of feelings that or assumptions that one has that it ought to be one way or another, that there's a right or a wrong mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. helps you decide, Oh, I, I, I can see something together with my partner that we both agree is fantastic for our kids. Right. So the number one thing that I want to say is, is just don't assume, don't assume anything ever. Yeah. Talk <laughs> about it instead. Yeah. And when you talk about it, be prepared to talk about your past and be prepared to listen to your partner's past. Be curious. Be curious and, and listen for the things that were good that they experienced and listen for the things that they don't want to repeat and do the same with yourself um, and let them be part of that sounding board so that when you get done, you know that each of you have been heard, um, that um, there will be compromise. There'll be times when you do it their way and times you do it your way. Um, and there'll be times where you don't do it either way because you didn't like the outcome that you got and you're mm-hmm. just going to wing it and try something new. That's totally fine too. Yeah, for sure. 
but it will be your joint decision that gets you there. Um, and that's so much easier to work your way through. And better. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Thanks, Jeff. All right. Thanks. See you next time. Okay. Hey, thanks for listening. Please leave us a review and follow us so you don't miss an episode. If you'd like to learn more about us, please visit relational-media.com. 